It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked on Reds. And here we go. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome into the Locked on Reds podcast. It's Tuesday, a day following a, uh, another wonderful day. In the history of being a Cincinnati sports fan. Don't know how many of you also are Bengals fans as well as Reds fans. But if you are like me and a part of that crowd, I'm sorry. Hopefully you didn't spend too much time watching the game last night. We're going to talk about good things today though. We're going to be talking about Reds baseball. Check out more takes on the Monday night game. On the Lockdown Bengals podcast, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko give you a great perspective on each and every week, and man, that was a tough one. Anyway, today on the Lockdown Reds podcast, we're going to talk to you about the pitching, how the Reds got the pitching in 2019, what it did during the season, and what it might look like next year. Also, got a big story of the day to talk to you about. And we're going to take a look at the Major League Baseball playoffs. I got a poll question surrounding that for you. Before we get to all of that, though, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya podcasting app, all the wonderful podcasting apps. There's so many of them. Whatever you're listening to right now, if you are not subscribed to this podcast on that platform, hit the subscribe button. Best way to get each and every episode each and every day. And we're going to be coming to you each and every day during the offseason. And during the offseason, if you are looking to check out another local sports team, whether it be the Bengals, maybe you are looking forward to basketball season. You've got UC coming up, UK, college basketball-wise. You could venture out to Indianapolis. Some of you are not even in the area. Your local team may be going on. Or if you just want to go see a live event, Check out the Vivid Seats app. That is the best way to look for tickets because you've also got a great rewards program as well. You get a percentage back with each ticket purchase that you get, which builds you up to eventually a free ticket purchase. You guys know how rewards programs work. Vivid Seats has a great one. Also, through today's introductory offer, check out the Vivid Seats app and enter promo code POSTSEASON. All one word, P-O-S-T-S-E-A-S-O-N. And you'll get a percentage off your next ticket order. That's the Vivid Seeds app and promo code postseason. So today we're talking about the pitching. Yesterday we looked at the hitting, which kind of stunk. Let's look at the good side now, the pitching. The Reds entered the offseason, entered last offseason with the mandate to get the pitching. And boy, did they ever. We're talking about Sonny Gray. Luis Castillo really broke through like we thought and hoped he could. And he did. 
And you also had a good year from Anthony DiSclefani. All three of those guys finished in the top 20 in starters ERA. Now I know there's many ways to describe the value of a pitcher, and ERA is not an end-all, be-all, but that's kind of where people start. And when you look at the Reds' three starters in Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Anthony DiSclefani, they finished very well. Sonny Gray was fifth in the National League with a 2.87 ERA. Luis Castillo finished 12th in the National League with a 3.40 ERA. And Anthony DiSclefani checked in at 19th with a 3.89 ERA. That's a pretty good spot to start this pitching review, and especially when you look at DiSclefani toward the end of the season is really where he made his hay. A period of time where usually fatigue is setting in and guys' numbers are starting to decline a little bit, his got better, which is awesome because we always knew if we got a full season out of Anthony DiSclefani, we could see some good things, and we saw those great things. I'm hoping that he can continue that on into next season and be a really solid starter for the Reds. Now, as things are, DiSclefani will be the number four starter, but I'm telling you what, if your number four starter finished number 19 in ERA in the league, that's pretty phenomenal, especially when you think that we're, we're all hoping, and I think that there's plenty of signs there that Trevor Bauer will improve and get much closer to the pitcher that he used to be than the pitcher that we saw come from Cleveland. I think he's going to be a very good... The one through four spots in this rotation are going to be absolutely deadly. And as long as they can put the hitting together, as we hope and pray and we'll talk about quite a bit throughout the offseason, this could be a really dangerous team. Come October 2020. The fifth starter will be interesting to figure out what the Reds will do with that. We're going to unpack that with a lot of different people this offseason. My initial thought and beginning of this offseason, this is kind of how I'm approaching it for the Reds. In 2020, I'm thinking Tyler Malley will probably be the number five starter. I know that his Last couple of starts, his his final start of the season was much better than the second to last start against Milwaukee. His final start against Milwaukee was not great. That home start, he was shellacked on Wednesday night, just giving up homers, giving up hard-hit balls left and right to the Brewers on Wednesday night. Bounced back against the Pirates in the final game of the season. Didn't pitch all too bad in that one. He has got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of talent. And that's one of those things. I, uh, he was, you know, Marty kind of singled him out in a couple of different broadcasts, talking about him, talking about and lamenting his development to the fact that he thinks that Tyler Malley isn't all that great right now. He's just getting started, folks. If you believe that Tyler Malley is what he is right now and he's not getting any better, I don't know what I can tell you there because he's going to get better. He really is. And I think he's a great starting point for this number five spot. And the biggest reason why this offseason is so... I mean, there's so many reasons why it's fascinating. But the biggest reason why it's fascinating is because the absolute gigantic hole that was the starting rotation going into last offseason is completely figured out this offseason. 
right? We're starting with a really good blueprint here because if these are your five starters, if you're talking about Tyler Malley as the fifth starter, as a guy who we looked toward to be the silver lining of the 2018 rotation that was so dismal, he is not going to have very much expectations placed upon him to begin 2020. I think he is a great candidate for that number five spot. It'll be interesting to see, too, what the Reds do with Alex Wood because Alex Wood will be due a pretty decent raise this year. He is a free agent going into this offseason, and overall, not a great year. Probably one year he'd love to have back both health-wise, and then even when he was healthy, his performance was not great. He only threw 35 and two-thirds innings pitched in 2019, He pitched to a 5.8 ERA and a walks plus hits per inning. He's pitched of 1.402. So guys were getting on base quite a bit against him. And when they got on base, they scored. That's something that he's going to look to bounce back from because he's, you know, becoming a free agent. You really wanted to have a strong performance, especially the free agent year after a year in which he's making $9.5 million or slightly over $9.5 million. You could have envisioned a major raise for him. Now, he might come cheap. And that'll be interesting to see if the Reds can get him at a discount. If they can, they can really form a deep pitching staff. And Tyler Malley becomes quite flexible there. I uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens. Plus, you've got the the thoughts that some folks are having that maybe they can package Trevor Bauer into a deal for a bat or something of that nature. We've been over that before. I'm not going to get into detail about that. I just don't see it as a plausible scenario. I, I don't know. That's just me. But overall, the starting rotation was fantastic. The bullpen, well, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But first... As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, check out the Vivid Seats app, download it today, and enter promo code POSTSEASON for a discount on your next ticket order, as Vivid Seats is the best way to experience your next memory. Also, if you haven't already done so, check out Postmates. Postmates is the best, most convenient way to get your delivery. Postmates is your grocery delivery, your food delivery, your whatever delivery service. You need to be 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. How's it work? Download the Postmates app and enter promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. You're going to get your first seven days worth of delivery up to $100 covered, free. That's a game changer because that means you can pay a little over eight bucks, you know, whatever it is at Chipotle. I know around here it's only about eight fifty, nine bucks for a really good burrito. And you can get it delivered right to your house. You don't even have to get up, you don't have to get in line, you don't have to drive through traffic and weave through all the idiots on the road. Trust me, there's plenty of them out there. You can have someone do that for you. Do that through the Postmates app and enter promo code locked on for your first seven days in free delivery of up to $100. I use it. I love it. Postmates. Actually, it's funny because if you ask yourself what you thought of the Reds' bullpen, your first response is probably going to be, man, it needs work. But. 
if you look at some statistics, according to the wonderful baseballreference.com, when it comes to relief statistics, save percentage-wise, they were second best in the National League. The best team in the National League when it came to not blowing saves was the St. Louis Cardinals. The Reds were actually second best. And that's on overall opportunities. They didn't have the second fewest blown saves or anything like that. But with all of the opportunities that they were given, they converted a decent amount of them. They converted 46 saves in 69 save opportunities. And I know, I've been on record as saying that I'm not a big fan of the save stat. But when you look at that, it's a good starting point when it comes to the bullpen. Now, we know that Rice Iglesias kind of disappointed us a bit. And that's an understatement. Given the fact that he was given a raise, they bought out the remaining arbitration years in his contract, and he pitched so well in 2018. So we thought there can only be good that comes of that. Well, now we've got a shroud of mystery surrounding Rice Iglesias. Do they trade him? Do they turn him into, you know, put him into a package deal? Maybe they use him to get a bat or something like that. We, we know what it's like with these relief pitchers. You, you can't count on them to be amazing year in and year out. That's just not something that happens all of the time with your relief pitching. Now, we know that we... We pretty much chalk up Michael Lorenzen and Amir Garrett as two of the leaders of this bullpen. But again, that goes in the same thing. Like, do you constantly expect them year in and year out to continue to put up these consistently awesome numbers? Because history has shown that that is a little bit of a fool's errand to believe that a relief pitcher will stay consistently good year in and year out. Things change, health changes, you know, mechanics fail, different things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. I know that in one of the final radio broadcasts of the season from home, John Fay was talking to Marty Brenneman, and John Fay seemed to believe that the team's priority will be the bullpen. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. We've talked about it many a times. Their priority should be the lineup. But if they can do stuff to shore it up through trades or savvy free agent deals, I don't think they necessarily need to make that you know, their biggest spending target this season, this offseason, is the bullpen. It, it shouldn't be. It should be the lineup. But if they can improve that, they should definitely do that. Overall, though, not a terrible year. I know that the second half of the season really saw some decline in those numbers for the bullpen, but it's not like they were completely... I mean, you can point to a couple of games where the bullpen really failed them, but that happens to every team in every year. In fact, look at all the playoffs teams, and this will be a good segue here, but look at the playoff teams. Is there a team in the playoffs right now that doesn't have bullpen issues? I'd be interested to see your answer on that. Locked on Reds line 513-549-0159. The bullpen becomes an issue for everybody in the second half of the season because you come into the year with a fresh set of bullpen arms who are all very good on paper, and then you find out what they really are. That's just how relief pitching works. Overall, the Reds didn't have that bad of a season there. 
I'd be interested to hear your take on that. Like I said, Lockdown Reds Line, 513-549-0159. But that does lead me into the thought of this postseason, looking at it from an outsider's perspective once again. Hopefully that changes next year. But as a Reds fan, we're just going to be sitting on the couch enjoying other teams playing in the postseason. The wild card games start tonight. You've got the A's and the Rays, the rhyming game, and the Brewers and the Nationals. I did see that the Nationals are pitching Max Scherzer in this game. So just on that alone, it's hard to pick against them. I know that you know we tend toward the Brewers because they're an in-division team and maybe somebody we can root for. It's going to be tough for them against old Max Scherzer tonight in the one-game winner-take-all, or at least winner-move-on-to-the-next-round scenario and then on the american league side i'm looking at the rays beating the a's and then the rays will take on the astros which will promptly pump the brakes for them i believe the astros are going to be the world series champions this year i just they are the most complete team through and through lineup pitching staff bullpen everything just an amazing team all around. They're my World Series champions. I do have the Yankees beating the Twins for what it's worth, but like I said, Astros are going to beat the Yankees in the AL Championship. And then over on the National League side, the team that will eventually make the World Series, but as I mentioned, will lose to the Astros, will be the Atlanta Braves. I think they can do it. I think they can pull off the upset against the Dodgers, who everyone has had penciled into the World Series since May. I firmly believe the Braves can do it, and I'm going to be pulling for them this postseason to beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers will clean up the Nationals after they win the wild card game against the Brewers, but then they will fall to the Braves, who beat the Cardinals in the divisional round. And I'm looking for a very fun World Series. I bet it goes six games, Astros and Braves, and the Astros take it all. But that does lead me to a poll question of today. Is the moment you've all been waiting for the Locked On Reds Twitter poll of the day. So the question's simple. You've got one of two options. Do you agree with me or do you disagree with me? The team that wins the World Series will be from the National League or the American League. So, pretty simple. Which league wins the World Series? Will it be the National League or the American League? Since I picked the Astros, I believe it'll be the American League. But what say you? Go check out the Twitter poll at LockedOnReds. Kind of only put it as which league will win it because you can only put up the four options. And who knows, there could be more than four teams that could win the World Series. I mean, heck, there are ten teams in the postseason. But we all know that there are a couple of odds-on favorites. And I firmly believe the Astros will take on the World Series crown here. They just That is just such a complete team. So jealous of them. I know they, they went so many years of obscurity, but they built a juggernaut through and through major league to minor league level. And that actually leads me to a thought. And what is the big story of today? Something that we need to talk about. And it stems from the MVP machine because the Astros, while Trevor Bauer is kind of a central player theme kind of, character to the book the Astros are the central team to the MVP machine and what they talk about is the new wave of building teams and it shouldn't have been a new wave but you know with Moneyball and all that stuff they were talking about how to find inefficiencies in the market 
MVP machine is talking about development, how to build an organization through training draft picks, through training young and cost-effective guys. The Astros are the absolute best at this, and that's why they're the central team of the book. That's why they are in the position that they are in today, where not only do they train from within, but they also make savvy moves like trading for Zach Greinke, trading for Justin Verlander, trading for Garrett Cole. But at the same time, a lot of their team is built from within. And the reason that I find this to be the big story of the day, I know that some of you may have seen the stories, uh, you know, talking about the Reds are parting ways with a number of minor league coaches, different guys, you know, from the AAA level, the AA level, all that kind of stuff. They continue to reorganize their minor league development system. Last offseason, they did it at the top, in the front office, their farm director, their player development director, the guy that runs the draft. All of that stuff was changed. Guys were moved around, new people were brought in, new positions were created, things of that nature. Now they are changing coaches to better align with the front office and the major league staff, align everyone from rookie ball all the way to major leagues with the same philosophy. Apparently some of the guys that they had in there were still very old school and did not feel as though they needed to move with the modern way of developing players with the different technologies and analytics, all that different stuff. So the Reds are looking to modernize. And that's great. That's wonderful. What took them so long? Seriously, we are to the point now, it is very obvious that the rebuild failed miserably because we are forced, the the Reds organization is forced to go out and trade for players and sign players because they did not develop their own. They are finally getting this. They are finally fixing this. But what took so long? I'm glad they've done it. And I hope that we see the results here in the next coming years, you know, four or five years, all that different stuff. But it just seems like they prolonged the rebuild. Whether they didn't know or whether they rejected what was going on in Houston. And teams really started to take notice a couple of years back whenever they got good. And that's kind of the funny thing about baseball is that you wait until someone has success to even consider what it is that they're doing. And that's what the Red, that's where the Reds are. In fact, they missed the boat even further than that. It was a couple of years of sustained success by Houston before they thought, huh, maybe we should change things up. That's what they've done, and I applaud the decision. It's just going to take a couple of years before we notice the differences. And it sucks that it took them this long to figure that out. Anyway, that's going to do it. For the Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Reds. Man, that's kind of, kind of a melancholy way to end it. What? Sorry, guys. But we can end it on a good note. We're looking forward to the rest of this week. I'm going to be talking to friend of the podcast, your friend and my friend, Mo Egger from ESPN 1530. Going to be talking with him. Kind of going to split the interview up. It's not going to be a one-episode interview. Going to be a couple of different episodes. We're going to look at the offseason coming up, as well as look behind at the different storylines of this past season and just unpack it all. It's going to be a good conversation. Always love talking with Mo. Definitely don't want to miss it. Make sure that you are subscribed. You won't miss it. 
if you are. Also, check us out on Twitter, at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. A reminder, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the Twitter poll of the day, which league will win the World Series, the American League or the National League? Check it out, LockedOnReds on Twitter for that poll. Also, give us a call. Or text at 513-549-0159. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 